Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Food School Smarter, Stronger, Lina podcast on a mission to inspire a world where food makes us better. Guys, today you get to be a fly on the wall again, listening to our really interesting conversation with Haile Kalani, a business coach for creators where you're going to learn how to ensure consistent, great quality content creation that brings customers and hell yeah opportunities into your life. Guys, if you are any kind of creator or creative output matters in your work, you want to listen to this conversation to learn how to, how to get the best out of yourself so you can consistently create the best quality of content to turn this content into great customers, hell year work opportunities into different projects that will help you to serve the world, change the world with your craft. So specifically in this conversation with Haile, uh, we're going to learn how Haile became a business coach for creators. From dreams of space and becoming an astronaut, to a non-functional video camera in her parents' basement, to work at a recording studio onwards. Why Haile is such a huge believer in daily self-care and mindful routines like movement, meditation, morning journaling, nourishing food to support and fuel our creative genius. What Haley's morning routine looks like and how it came to be. What's Haley's nutrition strategy for high quality output in life and business? Haley said, I don't have any strategy when it comes to food. Then that turned out to be quite the opposite. Why creators should pay attention to their food cravings and habits to use them to address deeper emotional and mental health issue that, guys, can very often stop us from expressing our best genius. What else Haley does to spark up your creativity and get those creative juices flowing? And so much more. Tune in, guys to fuel your creative genius and strengthen your business muscle. Haley Kalani, uh, thank you for coming to Food School Podcast. I'm so pumped to have you on. Uh, you are um, a creator yourself, and that's why, you know, I noticed you, like, all your content, and it's um, it's really interesting and useful, I think, what's more important. Uh, you are a content creator and also business coach on a mission to help content creators, mission-driven content creators, to turn their content into customers. And um, I think that's an amazing, you know, mission and uh, work. I think a lot of us, you know, uh, I myself as a content creator, we need uh, this skill to turn our content into customers or at least into people we can help, you know, to connect with our audience. Um, but I also, you know, read that... Um, you uh, overcame, you know, some health conditions yourself. And then also you are a lot into taking care of yourself, you know, your wellness. And uh, that's why, you know, I also wanted to talk to you. Uh, I wanted to chat with you about, you know, everything. So uh, feel free uh, right now to, you know, maybe introduce yourself once again to share with listeners what I missed and uh, what you do, you know, and... <laughs> 
Yeah, thank you for that lovely introduction. Uh, you pretty much hit the nail on the head. I, like you said, I help mission-driven professionals, you know, become better creators, become more innovative and adaptive, so that the content that they create for their brand reaches the right eyes and ears. Because I think that all of us have a really important message that we want to share, but it's difficult figuring out how the heck do I share that message to the right people and really resonate with them in a way that inspires them to take action and to join my mission, whatever that mission is. So that's, I I really, really love what I do. And uh, I also absolutely love, like you said, taking care of my mental health, wellness, mind, body, spirit, all that. Mm -hmm. That, That's awesome. I think that's a big part of your success uh, as success of your work, you know, what you create. That's why it's so powerful and, uh, I don't know, energetic, you know, it um, makes people, it inspires people to do things. As you said, I think you uh, taking care of yourself is a huge part of it. What do you think? I definitely think so because I noticed that when, you know, I start to slack or I'm just not sleeping well or I haven't been feeling well mentally. My performance and my output and the content that I create just isn't as good, or at least I feel that it's not as good. And if I feel like that, you know, other people will probably feel that too. And so it's a huge uh, correlation with being, or excuse me, feeling really, really good and feeling like you're performing at your optimal level. And then on the flip side, if we don't, that optimum level of performance just goes down. So I think mm-hmm. it's it's super vital role that plays into any type of work, really, especially creativity, because it's so much brain power that's involved. But really anything too, uh, labor jobs, anything under the sun involving movement, thinking, <laughs> doing <And> energy. <laughs> yeah, energy. Yeah. Uh, so we'll get into details of your you know, lifestyle and self-care uh, a little bit uh, later. But uh, right now, I'd like you to share a bit of your story. Like, how did you come to what you do now? Where, where you started? I think you started quite far away in space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So as a kid, I was always really curious and creative. And I loved playing and drawing things and making things with my hands. And uh, as I got older, I I found my parents' video camera in the closet. And I was like, what is this giant machine? And they were like, oh, it's our video camera. It, it didn't work at the time, really. But you could look through the lens and see different angles and all that. And so I just started playing with it. And I think that's where the first hint of love started for that that visual creation process. And I thought, oh, my gosh. I can take something that's up in here in my brain and really push it out into the real world. And that was really exciting to me. Um, But I didn't really know that as a kid, right? Like I didn't actually Mm -hmm. think about it that way. I was like, I want to be an astronaut. And then later on, I was like, you know what? Astronauts require a lot of knowledge about math. (laughs) And math was very left brain thinking, logical. I was just never really good at it. Mm -hmm. And so that frustrated me. And I was like, you know what? I'll stick along with this whole creative thing that I got going. And as I got older and older and older, I really fell in love with music. And when I was in middle school, high school, I thought music was for sure going to be the thing that I did for the rest of my life. And I still love music 
very, very much. Um, but I got really interested in the production side of it. Mm-hmm. And so throughout high school, you know, I got my first job, saved up a bunch of money, bought my own recording equipment, microphone, all the goodies. And I was just playing around with it. And so once I started to snowball in that direction, I found myself at a recording studio and they did a, what was it called? Like a certification program Mm -hmm. for audio engineering. And I was stoked. I was like, yes, yes, yes. I'm doing it. I'm I'm on my way. And then they hired me and I was even more elated. And I met so many incredible musicians and artists and producers and, you know, just everything under the sun related to music. Mm -hmm. Uh, But one thing that I kept noticing was that almost every person was struggling to make money off of the skill that they had. I was like, that sucks because the music they were making was so powerful, so good, so emotional, so impactful for people. And I was like, if you just were able to, you know, put it in front of the right eyes and ears, people would fall in love with it. And then luckily, I don't know if it was chance or fate or whatever, a gal of the name Laura, she came along and she was in the music industry. She was in the entertainment industry. She was a music lawyer and she taught me a lot about the business side of things. So Mm -hmm. she took me under her wing and was like, hey, there's this whole world of being able to monetize your skills and entrepreneurship. And I was like, what? That's amazing. So it trickled into me experimenting and saying, okay, you know what? I know that I don't want to work for anybody else. Mm -hmm. I know that I want to stay in the music industry, you know, at that time. And so what I did was I was like, all right, well, I'm pretty good at this creative thing. What involves a lot of creativity and how can I help people get their message out? And my brain went to social media. And so Mm -hmm. I took a bunch of courses and I did a bunch of research. And then I just started experimenting with the people that I already knew and said, hey, can I help you with your social media? And at that time, it was more of a manager's role. So it was like, I would post for them. I'd maybe create a couple infographics or something. And it was cool. It was fun. And it, and it paid b- the bills for a time, but it wasn't really fulfilling, mm-hmm. in, you know, it, it da- down deep in my soul. And I was like, what's, what's missing? And it was still that creation process. It was the firing up of ideas and then really seeing them come to life. I wasn't able to be in charge of that. And so I pivoted. I was like, you know what? I'm going to just drop everything that I've been doing and completely do a 180 and focus solely on the idea of content creation and helping others produce more meaningful content so that they Mm -hmm. can reach the right eyes and ears. And when that happened, it was right when COVID went global and everything was crazy. So lockdown and I didn't have any clients at the time because I had pretty much said, bye, I'm not doing this anymore. (laughs) But that was before I knew. And so it was just like, oh, shit, I got to figure out something Mm -hmm. pretty fast. But the one thing that was sort of in the back of my mind the whole time was, you know what? I will not settle for having to go back and getting a typical, you know, quote unquote, nine to five job. And I didn't. It was a struggle and I had to dip into all my savings and go into quite a bit of debt. And, you know, my partner was really stressed out as well because we're sharing finances to at some point. And um, but then I got my first like real coaching client 
and mm -hmm. it was amazing. And so it snowballed from there. And, and once I got one, it was like, all right, I got the motivation to keep going and keep going and keep going. And now, you know, six, eight, oh my gosh, how many, how many months have we been in quarantine? But <laughs> 11 months or something later, it's blossomed into what it is now in, in coaching people. Yeah, I mean, your story is very inspirational. And I think a lot of creators uh, like myself can relate to that, um, to, to the struggle when you don't really know whether you're going to succeed or not. And more often than not, you start with a struggle first. Uh, and, then, um, and then somehow you make it to the other side, you know, figuring it out. Or a lot of people give up. And, you know, as, because of that initial, you know, struggle and having to overcome a lot of difficulties. And what I believe you do, you help people to overcome that, you know, bump uh, a little bit faster, a little bit easier. So the struggle ends faster and then, uh, you know, something more meaningful, better begins where uh, creators uh, have fun, not just creating their content, but they also get paid and can, you know, a little bit relax about the money side of things and just do what they love doing. Um, yes, exactly. I, I totally agree with you. And I think that it's, when we can increase the impact that we have on people just from purely our own skill that or gift that we were born with, like that's really what fuels the fire inside of us. And then in turn, as we impact more people, the income will naturally increase. Yeah, uh, it will. But as I said, you know, people like you, coaches, they help others to maybe do it a little bit faster before you, yeah. you get into too much debt or it becomes really intolerable. Because I myself, you know, been through those struggles where, yeah, I was adding value, but the money just wasn't there yet. And uh, it was really tough and dark time, you know, just having enough, you know, much self-motivation and energy to believe in myself, to keep going, uh, uh, because, you know, your parents or your friends or your like partners, they're like, um, are you sure about that? Maybe you should get a job. <laughs> 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 so, um, and I'm sure, you know, that this, you know, having guts to do what you did to overcome that and get to the other side, I'm sure that a lot of it had to do with the foundation of your self-care. Like, like if you start, we started to talk, to talk about that, um, uh, can you share with our listeners now a little bit more about what you did on a daily basis and probably still do to support yourself um, physically and mentally uh, when it comes to health, you know, mindset, your body, um, like everything and anything in between? Yeah. Yeah. I think when things really started to change for the better, it was when I created an actual morning routine or really any time of the day, but just a routine for myself. I think that as soon as I was like, okay, cool. Now I'm my own boss. It, you know, you have your own schedule, nobody to tell you what to do, when to do it. And, you know, even if you did have a boss, they're not in charge of your personal life. You know, they're not in charge of your health and mental health. Um, so I knew I needed some more structure. I didn't really like structure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, well, I can just wing it. Like I know what I'm supposed to do and I'll wake up and then I'll just do it. But that willpower that we have, it just, it just gets crushed by other things like procrastination and other fun, um, you know, social media, like dopamine triggering mm -hmm. activities or whatever it is. So the, when I said, okay, I'm going to make a routine for myself. 
I already knew most likely what that routine was going to include. And I had been doing at the time I had been meditating and and getting into mindfulness, but it wasn't something that I consistently did. So I knew that that was something that I was going to incorporate in my routine. Uh, Another thing that I knew I was going to incorporate was fitness. I personally love like CrossFit and MMA and uh, just running around outside and hiking and all of that. And so that was something else that I was going to put in there. And then I knew I needed some like form of not necessarily education, but just absorbing and learning and growing of some kind. Mm -hmm. So whether that's reading or videos or anything, I was going to incorporate that. And then I just crafted it for my morning, what my life typically looked like. You know, I wanted to spend time with my significant other. I wanted to hang out and have free time to do whatever I wanted that wasn't necessarily attached to a outcome. So I also wanted that. And I started piecing it together. And I said, okay, cool. I'm going to wake up. I'm going to chill out, make some coffee, walk the dog, come back. I'll meditate for you know X amount of time. Then I'll journal, make sure that my, uh, you know, task list for the day is all set. I'm going to commit to that. Then I'm going to read and then I'm going to do X, Y, Z and probably go work out. Mm -hmm. And so once I committed to that, it was then just being consistent, right? Because it was a new routine. So I had to get in the habit of doing that. And I had to tweak it. Uh, Of course, you know, I would wake up and sometimes I wouldn't meditate or maybe I wouldn't go work out. So I had to figure out, all right, why am I not doing these things that I know is I'm supposed to be doing? And why am I not doing them? Even though I put a time on them, you know, I said, I'm going to do it at this time on this day at this location. Uh, And so I had to really figure out like, okay, what is the missing links? And it came down to fun. It came down (laughs) to like things that I just enjoyed. Sometimes, you know, reading if I put a timer on on um, like 20 minutes, let's say, for reading, I noticed that for me personally, it was just like, eh, I don't know if I want to read for 20 minutes. But if I sort of tricked my own brain and said, well, I'm just going to read 10 pages. Mm-hmm. If I can read 10 pages, that that's good. And then I noticed, I was like, all right, cool, only 10 pages, boom, 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 boom. It'll only take me like five minutes or something, and then I'll be done. So it was small things like that, tweaking the way that I created more fun in that morning routine and then saying, okay, cool. Now that I've, I've done it for 30 plus days, how can I add new things that will also nourish me? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, as, uh, I, if I heard correctly, so there was in your routine, there was uh, meditation, walking, uh, reading, journaling, um, some sort of exercise later in the day or right after, right? And uh, you focused on consistency and also for what worked for you to work on that consistency is making it fun and I guess also keeping it flexible, right? So you don't have to do like this exact thing every single morning, but you could, you know, change it a little bit to make it a little bit more fun. Um, surprisingly, you know, I have almost like the same um, outline of my routine, even though, you know, it might be a little bit different here and there. And then what also right now surprised me is a lot of other creators, a lot of like thought leaders who I also look up to, um, they also have very similar routine. 
Mm-hmm. You know, like read something, meditate, uh, connect with yourself, you know, journal your thought, your thoughts, because your thinking is the best in the morning, you know, figure out what are the most important things to do uh, for your day, and then some sort of, you know, physical movement. Um, so that's amazing, you know, for me, that's, um, you also came to the same kind of routine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and it was a combination of like, okay, let's, let's see what other people are doing who are successful in whatever area that they're in and try and incorporate it. And when I did that, it then is when I faced the problem of, oh, okay, this works for them really, really well, but I need to adjust it. I need to mold it into my personal life and personality really. And that's when it really changed. Cause I do think that, you know, cold showers and, and going walks on the beach and all of these things, you know, they're great overall, but for some people, it's just not the best thing. Like they just don't enjoy it. And if it's something that you don't enjoy, probably not going to keep it up for, you know, four or five, six plus months or, or years. And so that was a big game changer when Mm -hmm. it was a combination of researching what other people are doing and then trying to pair it with what I actually want to do too. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have anything um, specific specific to you? Like maybe you never actually heard anyone else doing that, but you do this specific thing in your unique way. Is mm-hmm. there anything? If not, then not. I'm, I'm just curious. Yeah, I'm sure there is. Um, oh, gosh. I think... I, and maybe somebody else does this, but one thing that I do is I like to brainstorm like certain times of the week and it depends on, you know, what the brainstorm is going to be about depending on the week. But when I do it, it's usually in the morning in mm-hmm. pure solitude, no music, no nothing, no phone. Um, and I just have a big pad of paper and some like colored pens with me. And I will just either draw or write or, I don't know, put down colors and and do that periodically. And usually it will, a lot of times it's related to work, but a lot of times it's just related to me. Like, what do I need? What Mm -hmm. do I need to serve my future self? Um, What is going to carry me forward in whatever journey I'm pursuing this month or this year? And so I will literally just scribble all over that piece of paper until I feel freer, lighter, like everything that was in here has now been said, been written out, and I can move forward with a lot more clarity. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, that's a great routine. I actually have, you know, something really similar. Like I even have, you know, this like color pants. (laughs) Um, I think, you know, what you're doing there is you're having conversation with yourself in a form of that, you know, brainstorm. And I noticed that a lot of creators who are feeling stuck, they uh, they watch, uh, consume a lot of other people's stuff, but they forget sometimes to like listen to themselves, to talk to themselves, you know, to express that through brainstorm. I like also to call it brain dump because like just getting yeah. out there. Uh, so yeah, that's that's an amazing thing. I think um, a lot of you know creators can um, also use it to uh, I don't know come up with ideas for their business or life or uh, content, whatever it is uh, important for them. Uh, so thank you for sharing this. Another thing that I wanted to ask you about, I'm a nutrition coach, you know, nutrition is probably my huge, my biggest like passion. And so I wanted to ask you like, what is your 
eating nutrition strategy? Uh, and um, yeah, has it evolved over the years or was it kind of the same? Like, tell me anything. Yeah, yeah. You, I don't know. You might cringe at my, my strategy because I don't really have one. <laughs> I, I don't have too much of a strategy, but I do try and eat mostly whole foods. Um, one of the, I think, I think it's called like the 80, 20 rule, which can be applied mm-hmm. to like so many different things, but specifically for food, you know, 80% of the food that I try to eat is mainly whole ingredients. Uh, the other 20% is whatever I feel like, you know, <laughs> I'm love, love, love sweets. I have a big sweet tooth. And so I definitely, I don't deny myself, um, if, if I want some, but I also, it's, usually the relationship that we have with the thing, or in this case, the food rather than the food itself. So my relationship with sweets is pretty chill. Like I, you know, I don't need to overeat sweet foods. So, you know, I I don't know if I really have a specific strategy. It's more so if I'm, it's more so paying attention to how I feel. Um, Mm -hmm. I know that if I eat a big you know, let's say fast food, oily meal. I know when I wake up the next morning, my anxiety is going to be higher. My stress level is going to be higher. I'm going to be less focused. And so I try and think about that before I eat, right? Like I try and think about, okay, what am I going to cook or what am I going to go grab? And depending on what it is, like if I'm craving fast food, let's say, I'll try and think about the after effects of that. Um, And if it doesn't, serve what I want to be feeling. Like I want to always be feeling happy and energized and clear and you know, no, no brain frog. But if it doesn't serve that feeling, then I'll, I'll try and say, okay, this is like, you're either going to take that risk and then feel like shit later, or you can just eat something that's also nutritious for you that tastes just as good and will make you feel better in the long run. Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of the best strategies, you know, out there, eat mostly whole foods and listen to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I think, you know, that, you know, mindful approach to your food, it comes from your like meditation practice, like taking off your um, mental side of thing, emotional side of thing. And you actually, you know, listen to yourself. You take time to um, listen to what's happening inside of you. And I think you know, when it comes to nutrition or anything, really, it's one of the best strategies, like, you eat food and then if it makes you feel good, if you like, you know, how it tastes right now, how it feels right now, but you also like how it makes you feel and look um, like next morning or, you know, a week from now, I think that's like the best combination. And as a long-term thinker, you know, as a long as a creative person who wants to create content today and a week from now and being their, you know, best self uh, energy wise and everything, you got to start, I think, start thinking about those things, like Mm -hmm. how food can affect your output, like what you're trying to, you know, how you're trying to influence the world or change the world. Yeah. So I think it's amazing strategy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's definitely um, it helps a lot to to be very aware of how we feel and to be very aware of how we want to feel long term. And it's so easy to to just push off that long term feeling for the short term gratification. Mm-hmm. I 
do that all the time with uh, whether it's food or whether if it's just, you know, fun activities. Um, but I, you're so right. It totally comes back down to that mindful practice, whether it's just eating your food a little slower and putting mm-hmm. your fork down in between each bite or whether it's getting really, really, really clear on the why behind your long-term vision for yourself. Then it's a lot easier to stop yourself before you make a decision like um, eating unhealthy versus healthy foods and say, okay, now I got to ask myself that question. Am I willing to sacrifice my long-term vision for this short-term gratification? And then it's a lot easier to make that decision because sometimes we don't even think about it. It's unconscious. We're like, well, it does make me feel good. So I'll do it and then I'll think about it later. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, for any creator, but also for just a human being, um, at some point we got to, I guess, grow up and start thinking about a long term, not just about, you know, instant gratification, because we have like 100 or, you know, somewhere in that realm, like years to live. And uh, you don't want to be doing something today and for the next, I don't know, couple of years and then have to struggle because of that for the next like 20, 30 years. Uh, so, um, yeah, mindfulness, I think, is uh, in general a huge thing. And even, you know, people who um, I notice people who tend to eat a lot of junk food or overeat all the time and, you know, feel like bad physically and mentally because of that. I just a lot of times they, the only thing they're missing is this ability to like stop. And actually ask themselves, like, what am I feeling? Where am I going with that? Like, what do I want to, you know, what do I want to feel and do and be in the, like, tomorrow, week after, months after? Yeah, totally. And I think that it even comes to the ability to, to stop and think those things to ourselves before we even think about food really. And it's like, okay, we're we usually, if we're overeating or if we can't control any substance, but especially food, a lot of times it's to comfort something that we feel a lack of. Um, and, and that could be a lack of security, a lack of you know anything under the sun, but it's really a signal to us. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, wow. I just feel like eating, you know, a a bunch of cake or drinking a bunch of soda or whatever it is and, and thinking, and then not really understanding why we have those such strong cravings. One, it might be, yeah, if you eat a lot of those foods, your body is literally craving the sugar or it's literally craving the caffeine or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But also it's a signal from your either gut or brain or heart or all of them saying, Hey, you're trying to cover up something. You're trying Mm -hmm. to just push away some real feelings that have nothing to do with food. They have everything to do with your either mental state or past experiences that are still holding on to you and controlling you. So it goes really deep, like way beyond food, which is crazy, but it's, it's a, almost like a warning sign. Like, Hey, you should pay attention to this. You know, if you, if you feel like you can't control yourself around X, Y, Z foods, um, you know, take a look at at what might be going on below the surface. Yeah, I think that's, you know, one of the most powerful advice to like deal with any food issues, but also, of course, a lot of other issues with substance abuses, because food is also a substance. You know, some people think it's too much to compare it to alcohol or cigarettes or drugs, but it's also a substance that changes chemical like reactions and composition uh, in our blood, in our body, and it just affects our mental state. 
So, you know, for me, for example, um, I used to crave sweets a lot. I used to have that, you know, huge sweet tooth. I could eat like a whole cake or a whole gallon or two of ice cream, you know. But that was because I wouldn't address those hard emotions that would start to bubble up. And once I started to actually work on that side, now I like don't have ever cravings for sweets. I'm like, uh, sugar doesn't really bring me any good. Like I'm, I'm okay, you know, myself internally. So why? <laughs> <laughs> so that that's, you know, very, that's an amazing recommendation. Yeah. You just have to address uh, your internal world, your inner world, your emotions and deal with them without food. And then the whole food craving thing is, will go away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, thank you for sharing this. You know, you have really great strategy with nutrition-wise. I'm oh, sure yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you're doing really well on that side. Um, also, being a nutritionist, I always like to ask my guests, like, what's your favorite food? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, I have a lot of good foods. Uh, I don't know if I could pick a favorite dish, but I will say... Indian food is probably my favorite like genre of food. I could eat curry, rice. I could eat uh, non bread, mm-hmm. those delicious mango lassies. I could have that all day, every day. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. <laughs> I mean, I love Indian spices. You know, I'm not so much into a lot of like food items. I just, I guess, not used to them, not really like like the textures, but I do love Indian spices. So whatever I cook, like it might be broccoli, but I like put curry spices or some marsala, or whatever. Yeah. Like, uh, that tastes totally Indian. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Yeah. Uh, so thank you for sharing uh, all of your routines, you know, and tips around to lifestyle and mental care, emotions and food. Um, Is there anything else you'd like to share with creators to help them, I guess, to have more consistent, high quality output when it comes to self-care? And it can be anything, you know, from mental to emotional, to nutrition, to physical, like, yeah. Whatever you think, maybe also, you know, we haven't talked about or maybe most important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think one of the biggest things, and it sort of encompasses all of it, um, is play. Just play more. And I think that when we think of the word play, our mind goes to like kids just running around, sticking crayons up their nose or something. And you're like, well, no, that's that's for you know, kids, I, I can't do that. I don't have time to play. I have, I have kids of my own. And so that's what we think of, but really it play can be anything that you do for the sake of doing, um, besides social media. So <laughs> we'll put a little side note on there, but really, you know, for me, play could be, or is going on a bike ride and, and moving my body. I'm like a kinesthet. I, I like to do that, but play for somebody else could be just drawing play for somebody else could be jump rope or, you know, maybe it's not even physical at all. Maybe it's just uh, chess, who knows? So whatever lights up your inner child doing more of that. And if you can incorporate a little bit of play uh, and, and incorporate more of the physical side of play, that's always even better as well, because we're not only stimulating that right side of our brain and 
getting our inner child really excited and that releases a lot of creativity. But also if we're moving around at the same time, you know, our, our blood's pumping, it's where our body's moving, you know, we're more connected to nature if it's outside, or if we're doing it with a partner, we're more connected to that person. And so all of those things combined, create this really awesome, uh, let's say space for you to then flourish in, in whatever activity you're about to do after that. And so I, I always recommend if you're a creator of some kind or you own your own business or anything to incorporate a little bit of play, whether it's just five minutes or 50 minutes right before you get into your, let's say, quote unquote, work mode, um, mm-hmm. or, you know, you got to get some stuff done. So that would be my advice. Mm -hmm. that's an amazing piece of advice you know I think I like that sometimes or often because it seems you know so unproductive like you gotta do the work (laughs) Uh, and so for me for example it's dancing to some whatever you know tune I like at the moment and just fooling around not like you know having specific dance moves but (laughs) just you know in front of the mirror doing something uh, silly or drawing cartoons that's also you know I think for me I like it just love those funny things um and actually you know what i started to do to kind of commit to my play mode uh organize board games night for a couple of friends of mine Mm -hmm. so we like together we're gonna get together and play some board games (laughs) i love that oh yeah if you can do stuff with other people you know whether it's you know i mean with covid whether it's virtually or in person if you can um that's even better i think the human connection portion of it is something that we overlook because normally mm-hmm. we're, we're spending our time with people all day, every day. And especially now, like just being able to feed that side of us of, of human connection also really fuels not just the fun and, and the fulfillment, but also that creativity. Yeah, that, you know, that I find also like social connections. I think if I would do it, something to your advice is like social connections in, in any way, you know, that is possible in our current situation. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, thank you for uh, this amazing advice. I think um, a lot of people could benefit from more play in their life. That's for sure. So uh, I'll be mindful of your time, Heli. You already shared so much, just so much wisdom and advice. And um I think I'd just like you to ask where people could connect with you, you know, with your content, where could people interact with you, learn more from you? Like, what's the best way? Yeah, uh, you're so nice, Angela. Thank you for for everything. And thank you for letting me be on here. I'm really happy to be here. So, uh, yeah, you can connect with me. My main home is LinkedIn, I would say. I put a lot of tips and advice and teachings on there. So if you're ever curious to learn more specifically about that, that would be a good place to go. It's under Haley Kalani and it's H-A-Y-L-E-E-K. We're going to link it in the show notes. Oh, perfect. Amazing. Uh, And then other than that, you know, I'm on Instagram and Facebook. Those are more of my personal sections, but feel free to reach out to me anywhere. I'm always open to have a conversation with people. Yeah, and I must add, I absolutely love Haley's content on LinkedIn, and that's where I mostly consume it. And so I really advise everyone to get there to Haley's page and just, you know, check it out, learn from it, interact with it. It's uh, amazing. Really great job. Oh, thank you so much.